This is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined today by a familiar face to those who joined us at the start of COVID. We've got Joe Gregory of Trainwreck. And Hi. we've got a very new face who's going to introduce herself properly to us. It's Ali Braid of the Recruitment Trainer. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hi, Leisha. Are you well? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Very pleased to hear it. So, um, for those who aren't familiar with yourself yet, Ali, in our audience, would you like to give us an overview of who you are and what you do, please? Yes, of course. So, I'm Ali, um, the recruitment trainer, um, and I run my own consultancy, um, like Joe. So, I've been running um, that business for uh, four years, be four years this month, actually. The quickest four years of my life um, and when I was a recruiter I uh, I recruited into the public sector um, and then I moved into a training role so I was in the same business for, for 10 years I've also been internal recruitment manager I've been director associate director director of operations I've got all the <laughs> All the jobs ticked off, I feel, uh, almost in recruitment. Um, and yeah, and now I've got um, some great clients that I'm working with, um, and a lot of it with Joe, um, working on BD, which is my, is my favourite thing to train. And it was actually my favourite thing to do, which I know is probably a bit sad, but I did God. love it. <laughs> the same camp as you two and speaking of camps you've obviously been doing this bd boot camp uh, since covid began so joe would you like to explain to our audience what the bd boot camp actually is yeah sure so um during lockdown myself and ali got our heads together and um we realized that when you're in a position like we are now so in covid oh no i can't even say coming out of covid because we kind of keep being dragged back into yeah. it um, there's a lot of recruiters out there and recruitment businesses that, that are, um, they have low levels of vacancies, their existing clients aren't buying or buying as much. Uh, and there's a lot of recruiters that haven't ever really had to do proper VD, a proper VD in a lean market, you know. So we thought, well, let's put a boot camp together. So it's a four week training program. It's all based online. Um, there's two training sessions a week with myself and Ali, uh, which are all, which are run online. Um, we've got a WhatsApp group. They've got direct access to us on WhatsApp. So they send us um, scripts and things that, you know, objection handling, and then we give them coaching and mentoring, uh, as well as we've got a huge, uh, we use recruitmenttraining.com as our portal. So we house everything on there. So every week we release videos that we've made or we handpick material from obviously Greg Savage and other amazing people and um, it's all designed really so from week one to week four we want to get them out there active doing BD having more confidence to go out there and do it and they're starting to see the results so we're day three of week three now yeah. um, and they're, they're starting to have some really great conversations aren't they Alec? which is fantastic yeah. we've got 19 people on this particular program yeah. and then we're going to run another one um, very shortly as well. Brilliant. Well, if anyone is watching this um, or listening to this, and, and it's obviously this is being recorded on the 23rd of September, but any point in the future, if they want to connect to you and, and get an inquire on their behalf or, or on their employees' behalf, I'm sure that they will do because it sounds like, yeah, it's uh, it's a very different world that we're operating in now, and they probably need yeah. to hone their skills. So we want to talk today yeah. specifically to recruiters listening and watching this who. You know, might find themselves, as you've just indicated there, Joe, in a very different culture of having to do business development, possibly for the first time, because certainly since the recession of 2009, they've possibly been in a bit of a bubble where they've, they've probably been able to just pick up the phone to any client and they've bought quickly, whereas we're in a very different situation now. So I think what I wanted to do today was to 
allow you both an opportunity to sort of give recruiters sort of your um, sort of top tips in terms of what they can do. So I think I'll, I'll ask this first of all to Ali. So what, from the advice that you're giving on these BD, BD bootcamps, what key areas can, I think, can we, if, can we talk about experienced recruiters first of all, possibly, mm-hmm. what can they be doing right now to business develop effectively in this new COVID world? I think experienced recruiters can, you know, they can do a lot, obviously, you know, and they've got the skills, they've got the the successes behind them, you know, so they can look back and think, well, okay, this might be hard, but I've, you know, I've done this, I've been doing it for some time. And I think what keeps coming up in the boot camp, and Joe and I keep talking about is is this sort of being persistent you know and I think we read a lot don't we about recruiters being a persistent bunch and they are and they have to be um and I think now especially is a time where and we've talked about this previously you know we can get very much in our heads and and worry about well what if that happens and what if that happens and what if they you know what if they say no we're not recruiting due to covid but actually I think you sort of need to reprogram your brain slightly and think well I know they're going to say that and again Joe and I do a lot of work with consultants on this in the boot camp and say well look you know that they're going to say that you know that they're going to say there's COVID and you know we're not recruiting we don't have the money and all of this so actually you know let's get ready for that response because it's not going to be a surprise then and then you can deal with it and you can have a proper two-way conversation um with your clients as opposed to you know got any jobs no oh okay thanks very much you know game over Um, so i think it's it's going in with that preparation and that planning and again joe and i do a lot of work with people on their plans and their opening statements and how they're going to introduce themselves because yeah it's hard you know if people are not buying and you're ringing to sell them something that's going to feel very hard so i think especially with with more experienced recruiters i think actually you know you're probably in quite a good space to do that because you're used to hearing no you're used to dealing with those objections and rebuttals so actually just get really prepared for them um you know and get ready to you know talk about other things that you're doing that add value not just recruiting um you know and we've talked already haven't we about communication and how you know as human beings you know that's keeping us going through lockdown and beyond isn't it is communicating and i think as long as you remember that um and, and, and being curious as well. I think that's really yeah. important. You know, be curious about other people. When you're doing BD, it's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, again, having that mindset of, well, what can I find out? Yes, it's COVID. And yes, that they've got their money. But, you know, there's going to be other nuggets of, of information, of knowledge and things you can use to build up that relationship so that in however many months time they go oh I remember talking to that person and we had a really good chat around x y and z you know and I think that's what people want that's what people want they want the value 
they want the communication they want to share knowledge you know we we need to share knowledge as humans and you know i think this last six months has really proven that you know when you go on linkedin we're just absorbing aren't we all the time so i think if you can yeah yeah so i think if you can do that in your calls and go look oh i've just read this or i've just sent you this you know i've just sent you this article um and yeah you know give value in that way it doesn't just have to be about placing your no we're, we're, i think we're actually at a, a really unique time having worked through mm, two recessions because i've been in recruitment 22 years that actually this is the most unique situation because you could literally ring anybody and they will be going through covid um yeah. it's what yeah, are you doing to accommodate what are you doing to adapt your office how are you coping with homeschooling you know you're going to have a common thread with whoever you speak to yeah we've never been in that position as recruiters before ever where yeah. you can literally you know in the recession a lot of people weren't affected by the recession especially public sector maybe so I think that's where you've got a very common starting point yeah. to talk to a potential person. And, you know, I think that's what's really important for anyone listening and watching this to, you know, who's maybe naturally not had to do BD before, that yeah. you are speaking human to human. It doesn't need to be a cheesy sales call. It can just be yeah. a fact find, you know, what are you doing, learning best practice from your client? Yeah. And they will remember that. Yeah. Those are the calls they'll remember rather than, you don't know me and I'm just ringing to see if you've got any vacancies for me. That's yeah. really useful. So, I mean, Joe, to those who maybe are, are still on a learning journey, much more so than experienced recruiters, so who've, who've maybe only recently moved into recruitment in the last maybe year, couple of years, what, who might find themselves working remotely more than being in the office, what would you say their key learns should be for BD going forward? So the sort um, of junior end... Yeah, I'd say, firstly, don't panic. Don't spray and pray. Don't just, like, smash a load of CVs out by email and expect loads of jobs to come in. Um, you're going to have to work three times harder and smarter than you were before lockdown. And don't rely, I suppose this goes for existing uh, experience consultants as well, don't rely on your current clients because they're probably, they might not be recruiting, and if they are, they're probably not recruiting as much. Yeah. So we need to then come up with a plan to identify other clients. So when I first went into recruitment, I was basically told, look, bring in X amount of pounds in your first three months or you're out and don't touch any of those clients on that whiteboard because <laughs> they're all ours. <laughs> all right. Okay, fine. I thought, well, I don't know how to sell anything. And everything in my brain was saying, don't get on the phone. They'll think you're an idiot. They'll say no. Then you'll look daft. Then you'll lose. Oh, you know, all these awful catastrophic thinking. So I thought, right, I need to reframe this. And this is how we, talk to recruiters now we say you know you need to reframe what is it that you're actually doing are you trying to get jobs from people that you don't know and that don't know you yep. or is this approach one of a few that it's probably going to take you to get that client to the point where they know you and like you and trust you enough to want to work with you and if you don't sell things what do you do for a living well recruiting we solve problems mm -hmm. so i've been in recruitment now for got nearly 20 years and clients will always have something that could be better about their existing recruitment process. And if they're recruiting now, great, let's talk to you about it. You know, how do you do it? What do you do? How do you do it? How could we help you? And if you can help them and help them to get a better recruitment process, then fantastic. And if you can't, then fine, phone somebody else. You know, we get, we get 
pigeonholed into this idea that we've got to make really stressful calls to people we don't know sometimes using a, a device that we have no idea how to use as well like the strange phone in the office that nobody knows how to dial out on use your mobile phone use hands-free walk around get yourself in a natural state and then worst training advice in the world but have conversations when you deconstruct that it's what could you say to them that's of interest and you know loads of stuff right now that's of interest you'll never know more than they do about their business but you will always know more than they do about recruitment within their industry who's moving what's going on what's that company over there doing you know so gossip it's in market intelligence or gossip so what could you give into a conversation that they are going to find interesting and then what could you ask that is going to make you seem interested and what would you want to know about that client so the biggest tips i'd say is um find your niche identify a target client list identify the right point of contact within that company don't sell to people who can't buy from you so identify your decision makers and your influencers and um, come up with we do this a lot don't we Ali the training come up with your client characters or profiles yeah. or avatars or whatever you want to call them what kind of person are they and what approach would they like um, and then once you've done that you can then come up with a number of approaches so method and, and uh, message how am I going to start creating approaches to this person and a touch system normally works on around 12 touches to a potential client which could be you know email LinkedIn by message a phone carrier pigeon whatever you want to do but if, I, I always find that if you firstly set a number of approaches so this isn't one of one and I'll die if I don't get this business it's one mm. of potentially 12 I'm gonna have to make to this person mm. and then secondly you set a number of objectives for that approach so yes, I might want to get a job, but what else do I want to get out of it? Yeah. That way it stops you from having as much performance anxiety because there's not as much riding on it when you then do it. Um, yeah. And I think that helps to just take the stress out of it a little bit. You know, like Ali said, preempt, what, what objections do you think they're going to give you? And what could I say? What do I want to know? What questions do I really want to ask? What three bits of information do I know about them? What three bits of information do I think they'll find interesting? Yeah. And then plan that. So you're not actually planning a script for a call, no, but no. at least you're, you're planning stuff to throw into it so that you can, you need to get comfortable in the thick of a conversation, in the madness of that middle bit where you are landmark less and you, and you forget what to say. You know, that's, that's having a conversation you know, with someone that's incredible to the person that you're speaking to and that actually having, showing interest in, the, in what they're talking about. And, yeah. you know, rather than just following a list of questions, actually going yeah. like, like what happens on this, it typically I start out with a load of questions and then I just don't even bother reading them because yeah. one thing <laughs> yeah. to another thing, because actually that's yeah. what hone you as a recruiter. Anyway, it's listening skills, it's buying signals. Yeah. That's what you're doing yeah. all the time. So yeah, absolutely. I love that advice. And, you know, just don't be scared. I mean, I remember going, God, it's a long time since I was a trainee. It was in the 90s. Um, and I remember just, I, I just had no fear. I just had no fear at all. I'm very, very lucky having that mindset. And when someone else started not long after me and they said, oh, you know, you just don't seem afraid at all. And I just went, well, what's the worst anyone can say? F off. Literally, that's the, yeah, And I remember exactly. the first time someone did say F off to me. <laughs> Yeah. And it was actually, you'll laugh about this because it was many, it was so many years later, I was actually pr heavily pregnant with my first, who's nearly 16, actually very scary. And I actually, I remember he told me to F off and I said, oh, that's not very nice. And he said, well, I didn't want you to call me. And I, I remember trying to handle the objection. It was because I'd placed someone with him the year before and I hadn't got anyone else for him like that. And he, and he was having a go at me because I was just keeping in touch with him. And yeah. I remember putting the phone down, and, and actually I was a bit upset. That was hormones, definitely hormones. I 
know, it's all, all my team were watching me and they said, what happened there? And I said, he just told me to F off. And, you know, it, it was a, a real pivotal moment because it just made me think, but it, what did he achieve from that? And, what, and actually, my learning from that was, that is the worst that can happen. Literally, yeah. that's the worst that can happen. And, that, and you know what? I'm never going to do him ever again. Um, <laughs> so what's, what is there to lose? Yeah. What is there to lose? No, I think that's that's so right, and and I think that's that's the other thing we have to unpick with people is this worry about people saying no, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it was re- yesterday. Um, I was talking to Joe about this earlier. So I I had a massage yesterday, and the lady that did my massage she offered me. She said, "Oh, we're doing this deal today," and she said, "You can have I don't know. It was like a, a hand massage or a, a, a eye mask or something." for 10 pounds and I said oh, I'm, and I, I thought about it and I said actually no you're, you're all right thank you I won't I won't stay now her response was really interesting because she didn't get upset she didn't take it personally that I said no she literally said okay and then we got on with the mass with the massage you know now if that had been a recruiter if that had been asked you know we'd go oh no, you know, they said no to those extra bits. You know, it doesn't matter. And I always say to people, you know, you still have a job to do and you're really good at it and you get results. Whether or not they want it today, Mm. that doesn't really matter because you're still really good at your job and know what you, you know, and, and know what you do well. So, you know, I think we, we go in with those expectations of people wanting to buy from us that day that phone call that time and again that's unrealistic isn't it so then you know oh well I failed at that that was a rubbish call yeah because I didn't get a job on well especially now that can't be your objective you know you've got to change your reason for calling people because otherwise yeah you are gonna feel awful pretty much every day but I just thought it was so interesting how this this lady just went okay you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't a big deal. Um, That's really interesting. You say that, cause remember we did, um, we did a, an AMA last week with, with Kate Haywood and we were talking about yes. this um, and she's doing some brilliant research at the moment into how much of how, how what percentage of our responses when we're asked to buy something or, or, you know, whatever, yes, how, how, yeah. what percentage of our responses are just automatic responses. So when you said no, I bet there was a part of you that actually probably wanted it, but you felt you would, you, it just triggered, it triggered an automatic response, which was, oh no, actually I'm all right. Now, what we should do is think, okay, the first time I ask for something, there was a, a very high chance they're going to say no. I increase my chances of preventing that by saying better stuff at the top so I don't trigger them. But we need to start thinking about what are we doing that's triggering these automatic responses and what are we doing then when we get that automatic response? We should be seeing it but then trying to open that client up. So trying to empathize with it, ask more, you know, ask more questions, give more into the conversation. And actually, had she had then said, okay, well, t- well, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you what, how about we just do the hand massage for five then? You'd have probably gone, oh, okay, fine. Because yeah, that's concession yeah. selling. You just, you'd have felt yeah. bad then about saying no. So she yeah. could have been really canny there and done that. And um, that's because th- there, is a, there is an opportunity after someone says no to you to reclose for something smaller. Uh, and you increase your chances of getting it by about 70%, which I find fascinating. So yeah. actually, if you get a no, it shouldn't be a, oh, I'm going to die, my leg's going to drop yeah. off. It should be a, I'm just going to ask you for something else then. Something else, yeah. You know, so yeah. just reframing how we think or disrupting how recruiters think about 
business development, the first thing they should do is just think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to reframe this. I'm going to try and get some help. And that we do a lot of mindset, don't we? Because it's, it's people's mindset that yeah. I think prevents them from yeah. doing this. The biggest thing I would say, well, not the biggest thing, but I think it's really important that people realize that you've got to do a lot of activity um, yeah. in order to get the results. Um, doesn't all have to be, it doesn't have to be a million sales calls a day and then um, track track what you're doing because if something works keep doing it if something else doesn't work take it out go and tweak it put it back in and see if it works and actually over a period of time you'll find the way in which your clients are wanting to buy and um if they're not if they're not willing to buy what is it that greg savage says love it goodwill equity you know being nice to people now means they might be feel more compelled to use you further down the line to start start divvying out a load of goodwill equity to to clients um it's a it's a great time to phone people probably not an awesome time to pick up jobs but it's a great time to phone people and the first conversation you have with anybody is the awkward one so don't start having awkward conversations in six or seven weeks time when hopefully that you know we start lifting out a little bit and start having awkward conversations now just think well i'm gonna have i'm gonna have 20 i'm gonna try and speak to 20 new people who don't know me today because the next call you then have is never as bad and only 45 percent of recruiters ever phone back phone a company back twice after being told no so just by phoning back, you're already doing more than 45%. So 5% of recruiters don't even get on the phone. Right, there you go. You don't have to do much. To, you actually to... don't have to do an awful lot just to make yourself no. I mean, that, that pay forward, no. that's not good of a lecture. When I, when I read that in Greg's book, I was like, I was shouting at the book going, oh my God, because in the recession, yeah. Yeah. the first six months of 2009, no one was buying recruiters, obviously, because mm-hmm. there were suddenly mm-hmm. thousands of redundant recruiters. Anybody that was still employed, I was saying, you just need to stay poor. And mm-hmm. I realized retrospect, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it just didn't feel right to me to move somebody that was actually doing okay. Yeah, yeah. That, dividends that paid in 2010, were, those were the ones that, that had stayed. They, they were then hiring and they remembered my integrity. They remembered mm-hmm. what I'd done. So I, I think everything that you said, mindset to any recruiter listening or watching, but it's actually, you, you've got to have that, like your values, your principles because people will remember that about you at the moment, as opposed to yeah. how well you sell. Yeah. It's about what your ethics are. You know, we're, yeah. that's what I said at the start of this. So I think that they've been brilliant takeaways. And I think, you know, I don't know how long you're going to continue to do the boot camps for, but I imagine that as we work the way our way through this second phase of whatever the government have got in store, I'm sure there'll be future ones going forward. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be continual challenges for recruiters and, and for you know any recruitment business owner that's that's sort of checked into this we have done a specific um recording for you as well so thank you so much for joining us today and thank you we really appreciate getting to know you ali and lovely to see you again joe yeah thank and you thanks for having us yes thanks so much okay bye, bye.